0: good morning guys how's everybody doing good all right well you guys you guys ready to get started you guys ready to go somewhere this morning we already been somewhere we're gonna go somewhere else (laughs) actually mary did you uh did you know that margaret was singing that song I came in this morning, and the first thing I was asking Mary what she was getting from the Lord, and she said that Isaiah 60 and 61, and then all of a sudden uh, Margaret starts singing it, right? (laughs) Isn't that awesome? So, what's the message there, Lord? You know, arise and shine, right? Church, wake up. And, uh, you know, I think this is really relevant, what uh, I'm going to be talking about this morning. I think it's really important. I think for us to. We're in a time in history where not everybody, I mean, we can't afford for everybody, for anybody to be sitting on the sidelines, that we need everybody to be walking in what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah, Margaret, what you got? That song, Um, I, I was having a rough week, just kind of all kinds of attacks in my mind. And so I was like, Lord, I'm not hearing, I'm not hearing a song. What what do you want me to sing? And so that popped into my head and I started trying to say, okay, well, what else? And I'm trying to hear songs because that's how he speaks to me. It just, I hear it. It's in my head. Even when I'm singing, if I hit a note, it's because I heard it in my head and I couldn't hear anything else. And I'm like, is my mind so blocked that I just can't hear nothing? And I just kept hearing that song and hearing that song, and it was like he turned off everything because that's what he wanted to say this morning. So I just wanted to confirm it. Yeah. Amen. We need everybody to arise and shine, be a display of the Lord in you, uh, and for everybody to be stepping out in what they've been called to do, step out in what, your purpose is here. one way we, we're doing that is uh, through building a, a community where we have one another's back where we actually are helping to propel one another into our callings and into what the purpose of God is on our lives because uh, we can't do it alone. And we talked about this uh, you know a couple weeks ago you know your purpose and your calling and why you're still breathing air right now, the reason why you're still here, it is designed to work together within the body. And some people don't like to hear that. Some people like to do their thing independently, but your calling is designed to work with one another. God did it on purpose. It's like he tricks he's tricking us into relationship. <laughs> he's tricking us into family. <laughs> You guys remember, and I know we don't talk about it probably as much as we should, kind of the vision statement or whatever you want to call it that the Lord kind of gave for our church. Do you guys remember the three things? I'm going to keep talking about it because I think we need to know it. (laughs) Why are we here? Why is Morningstar Wilmington here? What are we about? Presence Presence of God. Number one, we will not compromise the presence of God We will be about the one thing, even if it offends people. We will be about his presence. Because if the Lord doesn't build the house, we labor in vain. We're just spinning wheels. (laughs) How many of you guys are done spinning wheels? We're ready to go, are ready to go. Yeah, me too. We're about his presence, his manifest presence. You know, he wants to come here in a tremendous way. And it's going to affect our region, and you guys know the the story. Talked about it. I've talked about it a lot about um, the Derek Prince word about how God is going to move here, like He did in Wales, the Welsh revival. If you guys remember that, it was a tremendous outpouring of the Holy Spirit. He wants to do it here, and we are contending. Don't you love that that Christian word? We're contending. We are. We are contending for it. We want to see the manifest presence of God show up so much so that people walking by this building would be affected by it and that there would conviction would fall upon them. Like, you know, when, uh, we, we talked about Charles Finney, whenever he would, wherever he would go, sometimes it's just like a spirit of conviction would just fall. He wouldn't even say anything. It was the Holy spirit inside of him, the presence of God that he carried on his life where wherever he would go, it would affect His natural surroundings, it would affect the people around him. We need that. We have that. That is our inheritance. So that's what we're after. We're after the presence of God. We want to see God to make his home in our midst. And uh, this kind of ties into the second part, which is, um, uh, you know, to create, he, he wants to build a healthy community here. And you guys remember if we, when I shared about uh, home groups a couple weeks ago uh, that God, uh, the cornerstone scripture to that when the Lord started speaking to us about starting home groups here was Ephesians 2.22, and it's, and it's talking about God literally building us together in relationship so that his Holy Spirit can dwell in our midst. How many of you guys want that? And we're seeing, we're tasting of that. We've had taste of of it, but I'm believing for something even bigger than that, than what we've already seen. I am believing for our Welsh revival. I'm believing for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit so powerful that affects this region and beyond. We need it. We need the church to shine with the presence of God wherever we go. Right? So he's building us together, Ephesians 2.22. He's making us into a, a structure, a spiritual structure, into a body where the Holy Spirit can be filled and that can minister in powerful ways. Right? So that's what he's doing with home groups. <laughs> home groups are like a real practical way of us actually um, building relationship with one another, getting past Sunday morning kind of facades of how you doing, brother? Oh, I'm blessed and highly favored. You know how we kind of do this weird Christian thing sometimes on <laughs> Sunday mornings. Like, oh, everything's great. And like, your world is like burning. <laughs> like, and, and we just put on our Sunday, you know, and we never really get to know each other. And we never are able to get one another's back and to really help propel each other into what we've been called to do here in Wilmington because we just never get past this facade. And we never get real. And we never get vulnerable. And we never share our struggles. And we're literally like surrounded by people, but we're isolated spiritually. But see, that's not God's calling on our life. That's not God's purpose he wants us to have koinonia fellowship. And that koinonia fellowship is what we actually long for. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. We long for it. Whether you know it or not, you long for it. You search out for it in many different ways. But there's a koinonia fellowship. And that, that's just a Greek, that's the Greek word for the fellowship that the early church experienced with one another. And all it's really simple. It's really, all it is is this. is It's a family hanging out with their father and experiencing the father. In a supernatural way, you know. My brother he came to visit uh, from Montana uh, a couple weeks ago, and his family. It was awesome time, and um, and I only see him like every probably at least once a year, maybe every other year because uh, of COVID and all that. And um, and and I remember this. He he. he Always tells me this story every time, like we are we're together. He's like, oh don't you remember this one? That one time, you know, remember that one time when we were just it was just like me, you, and Heather. And uh, there was this one time that um, Heather and I, when we just when we first got married, we lived in this place. It was called like a dollhouse. We were telling our home group this. Um, we that we had this little dinky apartment where literally our hall, our living room was a hallway." And like, I could literally turn the channels with my foot, you know, like (laughs) we were just starting out, you know, and, um, and one time my brother was coming to visit and he came, brought a little like hand drum and he's like, Paul, let's just worship God. Let's just, let's just go after God together, you know? So just like me, Heather and, and my brother, and I got, I got out my guitarist and we started chunking some chords and just going after the Lord. And I mean, I mean, just going after him and then just like, like, boom, something happened. Like the atmosphere completely changed, and we were like on our faces, like weeping, crying out to God. His presence came in a tangible way. I mean, he was there already, right? We're two or more gathered. He's there in our midst. But there's, some, there's a difference from his omnipresence, and it, uh, there's a difference between that and his manifest presence you know, back in the Old Testament, you guys know this, like, you know, he was all, he's everywhere at all times, you know, all places, but, like, he wanted to, like, be in the midst of his people, so, like, he he made this complicated kind of setup um, where his manifest presence would hang out in this tent, right? You guys remember the story? So there's a difference, and so when, like, um, this is important because um, anyways, it's important. And uh, so we're hanging out, we're worshiping, we're just chunking out chords. God shows up, Jesus is like there. We know God's there and we're all just wrecked by it. And to this day, my brother, every time I see him, I was like, man, Paul, remember that time? <laughs> remember that time when we were just playing just simple, s- silly songs, you know, our worship song, just silly, singing s- simple songs and God showed up Remember that time? And it was like, and you know what that is? We experienced Corinthian fellowship together. We were hanging out with our father together and we experienced him together. There's a glue that like has knit, I know he's my natural brother, but I've experienced as many times with people that aren't my natural brother where the Lord shows up in a place and we're just we're like family. We recognize, wow. He's our father, you're my brother, you're my sister. We're a family when he shows up. And it's like this glue that, you know, builds us together Ephesians 2.22 in unity so that his presence, his, his spirit can dwell in our midst. Um, so that's what he's after. That's what, that's, and number three, you know, we're called to, to equip the body to do the works of the ministry, right, we're equipping church. But, you know, but I really want to kind of focus, I feel like the Lord's high, been highlighting relationship and building a, a healthy community, you know, here uh, in Wilmington, because he, he's he been telling me, I mean, I'll be praying about, Lord, like, come, like, you know, that's this my constant prayer, like, I'm wearing, hopefully wearing him out, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> uh, like, uh Lord, we need your manifest presence here in Wilmington. We need an outpouring of your presence here in our midst. And Lord, that it's not just this one-time thing. Lord, that you you remain, Lord. We want a Brownsville. We want a uh, a Welsh revival. We want a Toronto. We want where you come and you don't leave. <laughs> I pray that prayer. I've been praying that prayer for 15 years probably. And um he wants to do it and then, you know the Lord like he's encouraged me over the years like he wants to move here but he is, he's he had, he's been telling me lately he's like, Paul, like, you need something to catch what I'm pouring out and I, and and I'm like, okay, Lord, well, what is that And he's saying it's relationship. I want to build you guys together so that when I come in that type of way that you're able to handle it, number one, it won't destroy you. And that it's something that would be sustained. It would be sustained within your relationships with one another. And uh, I'm like, okay, God, you're asking a tough thing. (laughs) But nothing is hard for God, you know. Um, I joke about that, you know, but He is, and that's what He's doing. He wants to build a community here, a healthy community here, where we can experience the Father together, and we can impact this region, and we can impact our city, and we can impact your workplace, you can impact your schools, because the presence of God is on your life, and wherever you go, just like Charles Finney, the Holy Spirit is affecting everything around you. And we really can say, man, the harvest is like ready. You know, the field is white with harvest, right? So anyway, so we talk about home group. Um, well, I didn't know how I was supposed to go there, but um We've been talking about home group is one of the ways that we're building um, this community in another way, and the Lord's been highlighting I don't know if I'm going to be able to get through all this today, but we, we can have a part two here. Um, but he wants us one way for us to build this healthy community is in second Corinthians five sixteen. so if you got your Bibles, go ahead and turn it to a we're going to go through it real quick. So this is second Corinthians five sixteen. all right. And it says, therefore, from now on, we recognize no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him in this way no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. Okay, okay. So, I really want to focus on, on that first verse there. Therefore, from now on, we recognize no one according to the flesh, even though we know we have known Christ according to the flesh. So, what is it saying there? It's saying that we don't recognize one another. When we see one another, I'm talking about the brothers and sisters, I'm talking about the family of God here, I'm talking about born again Christians. When we see each other, we should no longer be judging one another or seeing one another according to, to just the natural, to the flesh, but that we need to be, begin to really recognize who each one of us is in the spirit. We need to know each other as sons and daughters of God, and we need to know the purposes and the callings that are on one another's lives. And we need to begin to like see, I mean, literally see each other in that way, in that capacity. Because the way that we see one another is how we're going to interact with one another. It's how we're going to behave with one another. It's how we're going to have friendship and relationship with one another. And um, I mean, this is, this is really huge. Huge for us really walking in a place where we're no longer being, we're judging things with the the eyes of our natural eyes, but we're really seeing with with his eyes and the eyes of our spirit man, all right? You know, because when God looks at us, he doesn't see the natural. I mean, he sees the natural, but that's not who we are. He sees who we've been created to be you know, in, in verse 17, it says, Therefore, as anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, the new things have come. You know, when I got born again, you guys, and you guys know this, I know this is simple, but when I got born again, nothing physically about me changed. Maybe I lost an earring over the years or two. <laughs> Maybe I cut the ponytail or whatever, you know. <sighs> but nothing physically changed everything that changed these eyes cannot see or even comprehend but really what took place within inside of me i mean i wish somebody with like very like more gifted than i with like visual and video and stuff like that we could like capture something like the born again experience but like literally the holy spirit came into my body into my spirit, man. And it says, the Bible says he quickened us and we became boom, brand new, brand new. We became, and I picture this sometimes of this like this flaming man of God. <laughs> like, you know, when we read about like the angels, when they saw the angel, they were just like, man, he's like bright, like lightning. Have you ever looked at lightning before? That's who you are. That is Christ in you. You know, when we actually, this body dies and we graduate to be with him and at his side, like we will look completely different. We will be like blazing bright because of God in us. And that's who we are right now, even though we're living in this tent, right? That is like slowly wasting away, right? But inwardly inwardly we're being renewed day by day. That's who we really are. And for us to like have this paradigm shift of just going about everyday life, I'm not just talking about Sunday morning church or whatever, but everyday life where we interact with one another according to that, seeing that in each other. Wow, you are a daughter of... You're a son of the most high, almighty God of the universe. And to honor one another in that way, to encourage one another in that way, I'm telling you, the church would be completely different. It will be completely different because I think we are going to walk in this one day. (laughs) one day we 'll grow up and we 'll stop judging things with our natural eyes and we 'll see in the spirit we 'll see things as he sees us right so um, that being said i really want to I want to talk about like the benefits of being able to see one another by the spirit and to, and to interact with one another by the spirit. I want to talk about the hindrances that keep us from actually doing this. And then I want to talk about how we practically walk in this with one another because you got to make it real. You got to make it practical or it's just theory. And we've got to walk in this. God is calling us to walk in this. And he's given us the ability by the Holy Spirit to actually practically do this. We can practically walk in this Every day. All right. So the benefits of this, number one, this is a huge benefit of this. We will help propel one another into our calling. We will help place each of us where we fit within the body of Christ, within the kingdom of God. We will be operating in the fullness of what we've been called to do. You know, um, we all, and I feel like the Lord wants to do this. He's, he's going to do some of this stuff this morning. Um, you know, there's some of us, really all of us, all of us throughout our whole life, we've been judged by others according to the flesh. You guys know this, by Christians, by non-Christians, by your parents, by teachers. And they would speak things over your life. You know, some of you guys have had teachers that have said, Oh, well, you're not going to amount to anything. Man, you're terrible at school. How, you, how I don't know how you're going to get a job. <laughs> some teachers have actually said that to some of you guys. <laughs> you know, we think it's crazy, but, you know, and, and some parents, some of your parents have even said these things over your life. Or they, parents in their own secu- insecurity, of like, had failures in their life, they like project those failures on your life and say, you're going to do the same thing. You're going to fail just like I failed here. It's that kind of like the crab in the crab pot (laughs) kind of thing. You see somebody escaping. (laughs) I just had some crabs this weekend and that's what they do. I'm telling you, like one was like coming out, the other one takes their claw and just grabs them, pull them right back in. If I fail, if I'm going to die, you're going to die too. <laughs> but unfortunately, our natural tendency is to do that to one another. The flesh does that, you know? And some people in our lives have done this to you, and, and they do it through their words a lot of times. When they see you start succeeding, be like they start speaking things about you and about things that they've seen about you in the natural. Maybe you have you're not good at math or maybe you're not good at science or maybe you're not good at english or maybe you're not good at whatever that they'll even just call that stuff out you're not good at that and they'll try to define you and they'll try to like define who you are and try to create your identity based off of the flesh and then you and I, we start believing the lie and we empower it in our lives, and we do fail in those areas. It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. We actually we actually apply our faith to lies. Did you know you can do that? But God wants to break all that stuff off. He wants to speak to you personally. He wants to tell you who you are as a son and a daughter first and foremost, because that's who we are. It's not what we do that defines us as who he made us to be. He wants to talk to you personally about that, and he wants the body to reinforce that to, to you as well. And that's that whole like seeing one another according to the spirit, not to the flesh that we, when we rec- really recognize that we are actually sons and daughters, that we have the power of the Holy Spirit inside of every single one of us, we would treat each other probably in a very different way if we really had a revelation of that. I'm, I don't know if I have it yet either, but I'm praying, Lord, like help me to see how you see. All right. So you guys don't have to believe those lies anymore. You don't have to believe those things that people have spoken over you. There's teachers and even sometimes parents and neighbors or whatever, even spouses have spoken over you and in a sense cursed you because that's really what they're doing. It's time to flush all of that stuff and start putting our faith in what the Bible says, who we are in him and to really Create a a family here where we reinforce that because if you believe as a man thinks so he is if you start thinking and you actually start believing that you are a child of God I'm telling you it is like a natural antidote to sin do you guys know that? if you know who you really are it will actually keep you from sinning Everybody got quiet. <laughs> start talking about sin, but no <laughs> I mean, it's the truth. so many people are they're just they're just stuck in in a like over like a sin, like a repeating sin over and over again because they really don't know who they are but anyway, so this is even like look at in the Bible right? so like David's father, you know, Samuel comes along. He comes up to Jesse. You guys know the story, right? He came up to Jesse and it's like, hey, I'm here to anoint the next king of Israel. Who is the first person that Jesse brings before Samuel? The oldest. And what did the Bible, do you guys remember how they described him? Star. He's like Superman. Yeah. He was like, I mean, he's good looking. Tall, yeah, yeah. He was like, I don't know, yeah. I mean, he was like physically, like had everything together, right? Oh, this would be a great king. Look at this guy. Why didn't Jesse bring David? Why did he bring David last? And actually, he didn't even bring David. Samuel was kind of like, Hey, are these all the sons you have? And he said, Oh yeah, yeah. I got, I got David in the field. The water boy. (laughs) why did he do that his father some of you guys have fathers that have spoken over you things that aren't true that aren't who you are that have defined your life actually up to this point even and God wants to break that stuff he wants to define you the heavenly father wants to define who you are He's doing that. I'm telling you, Holy Spirit's doing some of that this morning. So be aware if you feel like, if memories are coming up of things that your father has spoken over you that have wounded you, man, recognize it. Bring it up to them right now during the service. I mean, this is, I mean, that's what we do here, right? We want to get free from that. And, um, but anyway, so if, the king, uh, the the greatest king, basically, in Israel, the one that, like, is, you know, has the privilege of um, having the Messiah come through his line and to, and for the Messiah to be called the son of David. He didn't say the son of Solomon. He said the son of David. And he was, like, thought of the least of his many, many brothers. He had, like, 12 of them or something crazy, Right. Talk about a wound. If David was able to handle that, he was able to work through that with his father. He knew who he was because of this relationship with his heavenly father. So they're going to be people. They're going to be Christians, and guess what? It's going to happen probably for the rest of your life. But we need to learn how to like um, recognize who we are, know our our identity based on how he defines us. Um. So anyway, so. Um, yeah, we're definitely, okay. So, and, uh, you know, not only do we have people inaccurately telling us who we are all throughout our life, we have the enemy coming alongside us all throughout our life, and he probably sees our calling better than we see our own calling, and if he sees that, like, what if he, he sees, like, Joel, that you are called to be a great businessman, that you're going to bring wealth into the kingdom, if he sees that on your life, what do you think he's going to do to stop you from from achieving that? Because if you achieve that, you do damage to his kingdom. Yeah, and how do you think he's going to try to stop you? Yeah, he's going to attack your identity. What was the first thing that the enemy did to Jesus after he was just declared by the Father in front of everybody, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased and I love him. First thing, he gets taken to the wilderness. What's the first thing the enemy attacks? If you are the son of God, he attacks his identity. There's reason behind that because he knows if he can stop him knowing and believing who he is he stopped him. He's not going to do damage to the to to the enemy's kingdom. So if the enemy can get you to believe the lies that he speaks to you through other people and just his idiot voice that we hear constantly, you know, every day that we battle against if he can get you to believe the lies he's saying of you, like if he's saying to you, Joel, like your business is not going to happen, look what's happening to your business. How can you be a great businessman? You know how he comes and he speaks and he discourages, and attacks your identity. we got to flush that stuff and we need to be connected with one another to reinforce the callings that are within each one of us. It is a defense mechanism and it's an offensive mechanism of the body. So when we speak out prophetically who people are according to the spirit, the truth will always cancel the lies that have been spoken over us. All right, number two, benefits. (laughs) We reap benefits of the calling on each other's lives. When we encourage one another and when we receive one another according to the spirit and not the flesh, we reap the benefits. I know this is kind of a selfish benefit, but <laughs> we reap the benefits of one another's calling in our life. And that's, that's done on purpose. God wants us to be inter- interdependent. I mean, there have been times where I've been praying for something and I'm not seeing any answer to prayer, and then God will bring somebody that I don't even like to come pray for me about this thing, and boom, It happens why do you think he did that? Why do you think he does that stuff? First off, it's to humble me. (laughs) But he wants us to be interdependent. He wants us to be connected. So sometimes he's going to trick you into it. So look out for that. I'm telling you, he does that all the time. The place where you least expect somebody to help you, (laughs) it'll come probably, God will probably use that person. I remember uh, Randy Clark. You guys know who Randy Clark is? Um, before he was like Randy Clark, you know, this big, um, you know, church father or whatever, you know, move of God in Toronto all that stuff. Before he was any of that, he was just a little pastor of a little dinky church in the middle of nowhere. He got to this place of desperation where he went anywhere and everywhere God was moving. He didn't care. And he said it took humility. And he said when he really got touched by God, the thing, the time that transformed his direction of his life and his purpose is when he got prayed for by um, Howard Rodney Brown. You guys know who that guy is? He's crazy. (laughs) Go Google him on YouTube. You see all kinds of crazy stuff. But in a good way, you know, there's some weird stuff out there too. But you know, he was offended of, the, from the, of this guy. You know, Randy said he was offended about this guy because this guy, I don't know if you know, and some of you guys might be brand new to this stuff, uh, wherever this guy would go, the Holy Spirit would be poured out in such a way that people would just like start laughing uncontrollably for like ever, like throughout the whole service. And, and I'll be honest, it, when I first saw it, it offended my brain. <laughs> it offended my flesh, you know, because the natural man does not understand the things of the spirit, you know. So you and you just kind of have to be just deal with it. And in the same way, you know, Randy Clark, uh, he was offended by Rodney Brown, but he knew God was moving in these meetings, so he went to a Rodney Brown, uh Howard Brown. He's got like too many names, but um, they went to his meeting. He gets prayed for by him, and I don't remember all the details of the of the story or whatever. But he was offended with the guy. And uh, but he's he was so desperate that he humbled himself. There's a key in there. He was so desperate for God, he didn't care how God showed up, who he came through. And it's like, it's like he passed the test to receive what God had for him. And Rodney Howard Brown came over and prayed for him, and he just like. He was gone <laughs> in a good way I mean he just got blasted by the Holy Spirit and it propelled him into this you know the whole the move at Toronto that went on for years and now you know he's gone all over the the world with his healing and evangelism and um but it all like you know it all started with him just humbling himself and and, and Receiving, that was a little bunny trail, but you guys, hopefully, I think that the Lord has something in there for some of you guys. Um, You know, that for for receiving from him, sometimes God will use people who you least expect within the body to connect you guys, to build Koinonia Fellowship, and for you guys to actually love one another, (laughs) and to be one as he and the Father are one. That's pretty hefty. But when something like that happens, it's easy. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, we reap the benefits Matthew 10:40. He who receives you receives me and he who receives me receives him who sent me. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward, and he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. Victor here has a prophetic gifting and calling on his life, and I receive him in that way. I see in the spirit that he has this prophetic calling and gifting on his life, and I receive him in such a manner I'm going to reap the benefit of that gift that's within him. Does that make sense? But if I reject him, I just judge him from his, you know, physical appearance or whatever, you know. Not that, you know, your physical appearance is bad, but you know what I'm saying. (laughs) But I'm like, man, he doesn't look like a prophet. He doesn't have his long beard. He's not holding a staff. He's not, you know, like when we use our brains to try to judge the natural but I look at him and I see him in the spirit, the calling of God on, on his life, and I receive him in that manner, I'm going to reap the benefits of that gifting, of that calling on his life. What if we did that with one another? What if we really I'm, not, I'm, I'm being real here. What if we actually did this? I'll be honest, we don't really do this. When we see one another, the first thing we think of is like all the stuff that they've been through, or all the junk that they're dealing with, and or just you know, oh man, he didn't take a shower yesterday, or oh, I don't know. Like, how are we like our natural mind goes is our, yeah, how we judge one another instead of like seeing like, whoa, this is a son, this is a a daughter of the Most High God, and they have this awesome calling to be a prophet to the nations. Man, I need to hear from God too. I'm going to treat, and I'm going to honor, and I'm going to interact with this person in that way. Now, I'm not talking about being weird and be like, "Oh, you are the prophet," and I. Even, I'm not talking about being getting like religious here. We can still be ourselves and be real with one another, but we can. But like, we we need to recognize one another and, and take serious the gift and calling on one another's lives. We need everybody off the bench on the field. There's a lot of Christians sitting on the bench. That's why you know we harp so much with you guys, Ephesians four twelve, that we we need to equip the body to do the work. We're done with the fivefold ministry doing everything. We need the body to do, be doing the work because what God's going to be pouring out, we need to be able to contain it. All right, all right. I think I'm going to kind of wrap it up here. I got too much to go through here, but. Hopefully this is uh, speaking to some of you guys. It's been speaking to me a lot lately, challenging me a lot lately of, of how to really like love one another and, and really see one another according to the Spirit and not just in my natural senses. Cause, Being in ministry for so long, you see the good, the bad, the ugly, you know, of people's lives. And sometimes it's hard to kind of have that God, the Father's perspective over the natural when a natural kind of beats you up or is in your face all day long. You know what I'm saying? But we need to do this with one another. And God, the Holy Spirit, is there to help us, to reveal to us, to open the eyes of our hearts to see as He sees that's why i love the prophetic so much because you get this glimpse of the the loving father for his child and and he tricks us in a way cuz sometimes when we when we see it and when we experience it we get to experience his love for that person we get it kind of rubs off on us a little bit and we start actually developing a heart for that person and a love for that person it's pretty cool that's right yeah not everybody's calling you that's right on not everybody's calling is to be charles finney you know some are i think his name was brother nash like the intercessor like um without brother nash we wouldn't have had a charles finney Finney, yeah i think his name was brother nash the intercessor that would go in and they would go in and he would he would basically prepare the way for, for Charles to come in and use his preaching gift, you know, the intercessor gift. And that same thing took place at the Azusa Street Revival too with William Seymour and Frank Bartleman. Nobody knows Frank Bartleman too much. Everybody knows William Seymour. But Frank Bartleman would go in there and he would be interceding for this. He'd been interceding for this thing for years, but it was that partnership. It was the body coming alongside one another, supporting, seeing and recognizing the calling in one another's lives and being able to place each person in the right place to be operating. So not sticking somebody in in a pastor position just because they are good at preaching or something, you know, and they're a horrible pastor. How many times does that happen? (laughs) Like, or like putting a pot, you know, or all this stuff. Like, you know, I think we need to get to a place, and the body is maturing, and the Lord's taking us to a place of maturity where the body is actually, we're being placed right in the right spot. We're not putting the foot where the head is, or we're putting the eye where the knee is. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) That they're actually connected in in the right spot. They're actually doing what they're called to be doing. And they're not doing the things that everybody puts on them to do. <laughs> That's why we got some burnout pastors out there because they're supposed to be doing everything, right? <laughs> Wrong. You know, we're in a battle right now. If you guys haven't noticed, <laughs> we've got a world that judges completely by the natural and even some kind of the demonic. And they're, they're out there trying to define who you are, if you haven't noticed. Why is the world so stuck on racial and gender and all this kind of stuff? You ever wonder that? They're trying to identify, they're trying to, to make your identity to be about the natural when we're supposed to be seeing one another by the Spirit. We aren't supposed to see necessarily black or white or Asian or whatever. All that stuff is awesome in God's diversity and his awesome artistry of making man. But that's not who you are. There is no longer Jew, nor slave, nor free. I can't remember, you know, you guys know the verse. (laughs) Male nor female, but we are all... In Christ, right? That is who our... That's what our identity is. Now, God did distinctly make male and female and, you know, the different races and stuff like that. But that's not necessarily your true who you really are. But the world's trying to make it about who you are. And there's activists out there that are like, I mean, telling you cuckoo for Cocoa Pops about it. Like, you know... Um, and I'm just kind of like, why, why, what's the, anyway. But it's the enemy. The enemy always tries to do something counter to what God's doing. God wants us to walk by the spirit and to see one another by the spirit. So of course the enemy's gonna come alongside and he's gonna just spew, no, this is who you are. This is, oh, you feel, oh, you feel this way. This is who you are, all this stuff. But we are, that is not our calling and that is not what you know, our inheritances. So, so you know, coming back to that, even with uh, what Miriam, what you were saying about like the men. So if you're feeling that this morning, I, I, I did feel like that when I was praying about this morning, that, that there's some things that have been spoken over your life. And um, if you're feeling like, you know, there's things that have been spoken over your life that, is, that are kind of like, just they hang out there and they kind of come like a broken record, and they just kind of like you know hear it over and over. If you if you have been dealing with that kind of stuff, I feel like the Holy Spirit just wants to just break that that record that's been running through your head, or that uh, rewind tape, you know, of, of of an instance or a memory. So if that's you, uh, let's just pray right real, real quick, and we're just gonna we're gonna break that thing off. Holy Spirit, we just thank you for. You moving. We thank you that you love to make us look like Jesus. We thank you that you love to set us free from this junk the enemy tries to trip us up with. So, Father, right now we just come in agreement with what you're doing already, and we just break. Any of these curses that have been spoken over your sons and daughters, we break them right now in the name of Jesus. We command them to be silent and to never return. That broken record, destroyed right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, that you have called us your sons, your daughters, in whom you love and are well pleased. That's who we are. We receive your love as sons and daughters. We receive your pleasure. We receive your uh, affirmation. We thank you for it, God. We want to remain in it. We don't want to leave it. We want to remain in it. So, Lord, I just pray over this next week, I pray, Father, that, Holy Spirit, you would just come alongside us and you would just begin to reaffirm how you see us, that, Lord, that these areas that the enemy has tried to define us, Lord, that you would begin to speak your truth and how you see us in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Some of you were even told that you were unwanted the Father is saying, I have a plan, I have a purpose. You were on purpose. Your parents or whoever might have said, thought that you were an accident, but you were on purpose. I had thought of you before the creation of the world. And I have a plan and I have a purpose for your life. So I just break that off right now. That curse spoken over you, that lie spoken over you, I break it right now in Jesus name. It is broken in Jesus name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, that you had that's that's for all of us. You had a plan, you wrote the book even before the creation of the world for each one of our lives. Thank you, Lord. All right.